This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about settlement solutions, litigation, mediation, and structured financial security from Ringler, the largest and most experienced company of settlement consultants in the United States. Ringler has been helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by American General, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello and welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us today. Well, in recent years, electronic cigarettes, or e-cigarettes as they're called, have been quite popular as a smoking alternative. E-cigarettes are battery-operated devices designed to deliver nicotine with flavorings and other chemicals in vapor form instead of the more dangerous tobacco smoke. But the problem is that e-cigarettes have been exploding, resulting in severe burns, allegedly due to battery malfunctions, and just recently an Arizona teen was severely burned on her chest, side, and hands when her e-cigarette exploded and set her hair and clothes on fire. So today on Ringler Radio, we'll take a look at e-cigarette explosions and what is being done to warn of the dangers. And joining us today to talk about all that is attorney William Sutton from the Beasley Allen Law Firm in Montgomery, Alabama. Will is a member of the Toxic Tort Section, and his practice is concentrated on litigating occupational and environmental toxic tort cases, especially from chemical exposure. Will is working on litigation involving cancer patients and the effect benzene exposure has on cancer, as well as uh, several cases from the BP oil spill. So with that, Will, welcome to Ringle Radio. Glad to have you with us, and we look forward to the show today. Welcome. Thank you, Larry. Glad to be here this morning. Well, why don't you give our uh, audience a, a little bit of background on uh, the whole area of e-cigarettes? Tell us about them. Sure. I'll be glad to. And uh, I'll just start generally uh, with the term e-cigarettes. Uh, really, that's a term that can be used to describe a number of different devices. Uh, for example, uh, vape pens uh, that can look like little miniature cigarettes. Uh, it could be vaporizers that are more of the boxy devices that you see from time to time or mechanical mods. And these devices really first appeared in 2004 in China. Uh, and of course, they were used as a method to stop smoking. Uh, eventually, they were introduced into the market in the U.S. in 2007. And since then, it has grown into this billion-dollar industry uh, that has been largely unregulated up to this point. Well, that's interesting, uh, Will. How did, how did you get involved in this type of litigation? What, uh, what brought you to this, uh, this area? Larry, I think it was easy for us. Um, our firm handles a number of different product liability cases. And after seeing the injuries from these, these various types of explosions, uh, we really knew this is something that we wanted to be involved in. Hmm. So let's get to the important question. Uh, why are these e-cigarettes exploding? What's, uh, what's the analysis showing about that? Well, I think there's a common factor in each explosion, and it all comes down to the batteries. Um, there's a number of different factors outside of that that can lead to an explosion, whether it be the charger, uh, the actual device itself, or um, you know, misuse of some sort. Uh, really, there's, there's two situations that 
uh, can lead a battery to explode inside or outside of a device. Mm -hmm. And they are thermal runaway, um, and essentially that means that there's uh, some type of chemical reaction inside of the battery that generates uncontrolled heat. Mm -hmm. And that can be the result of overcharging a battery uh, through a, a defective charger, undercharging uh, through the device itself, or some type of manufacturing design flaw. Is, um, is that somewhat akin to what we're seeing today in the, uh, some of the mobile phone uh, battery uh, fires that we're seeing? Is that, is that a similar problem in your view? Exactly. That's, a, that's an issue that is common to lithium-ion batteries. Interesting. Well, let's talk about the injuries that have ensued from these explosions. They seem to be causing severe burns to the users. Uh, talk about the severity of these injuries as, as you've seen as you've explored the arena. Sure. We're seeing severe burns, uh, second-degree burns, second- and third-degree burns that require skin grafts, um, additional procedures, uh, broken bones, uh, some cases loss of eyesight, broken teeth, head trauma, and other soft tissue damage. You know, it's interesting, Will. Uh, I know there was an article by uh, a, a fellow named Curtin Island, uh, and he wrote in there about a particular uh, individual, Haley Boyce, uh, I think from Arizona. She was the victim of an e-cigarette explosion, and uh, it was so powerful, evidently, that pieces of the e-cigarette were actually found a block away. Uh, that that sounds like a pretty uh, pretty powerful explosion. What is that unusual, or or is that typical of uh, how these things, uh, you know, cause such harm? It's typical of these devices. Uh, you have to consider that these are high-powered lithium-ion batteries. You know, the goal is to have more powerful batteries that last for longer. And in doing so, uh, you've got uh, these batteries are, are trying to, for lack of a better description, trying to cram as much power as you can in a relatively small device. And obviously, the more power that you have when you have a, a failure, uh, the larger and more severe the explosion and fire will be. Well, Will, are you finding, uh, before we take a break here, are, you, are we finding that certain manufacturers of the devices are uh, more prone to these kinds of uh, incidents, or is it a function of the actual technology of the batteries, no matter who is the manufacturer? It's a combination, but I would say that um, more often than not, you'll see that it, it's a cheaper battery. And, I and when you. I say cheaper, I, I mean a battery that lacks certain types of protection, such as uh, proper venting or protective circuit devices. So it sounds like the old adage, you get what you pay for, uh, rings true here exactly. as well as anywhere. Okay, good. Well, listen, let's, we're going to take a quick break right now and be back in a minute right here on Ringler Radio and talk more about these e-cigarette explosions. Quite interesting. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio, brought to you from Ringler, the nation's leading provider of fair settlement solutions, did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler advisors work with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. Everybody wins. There's a Ringler consultant in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experienced experts in the settlement business than Ringler. Check out our website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for injured parties, attorneys, and claims professionals to find the Ringler advisor nearest you. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best, most objective financial plan. 
You can count on Ringler Advisors to create a customized plan that meets the financial needs of you and your family for the future. Visit RinglerAssociates.com to learn more. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm Larry Cohen, your host, and I'm joined today by special guest Will Sutton from the Beasley Allen Law Firm in Montgomery, Alabama. And we're discussing, of course, e-cigarette explosions. And Will, what's the situation around labeling and warning labels? I know a lot of times a product's liability, the issue is, were there warning labels? Were, was there information that would uh, give the user the, you know, the dangers of, the, of, of use of the, of the, of the uh, item? What are you finding around that with the e-cigarette uh, scenario? Well, oftentimes the labeling is, is lacking in, in some regard or completely non-existent, uh, whether it be the retail seller that, that removes the device from the original manufacturing packaging or uh, the manufacturer itself didn't include the proper warnings that you would expect to find with uh, you know, a, a e-cigarette device or a lithium-ion battery. So let's talk about the litigation that's ensued from some of these explosions. And I know you guys are working on cases uh, involving these explosions. Talk to us about the liability uh, that you have to, uh, you know, discover as you go through the, the case and the analysis of the case. Are, are there any strict liability rules applied to these kinds of cases, or is it, or is it simple liability that you would normally see in, in most negligence cases? Sure. Well, it, it obviously depends on the jurisdiction in, in which it happened, but most states do have a, a strict liability statute, and, and uh, that can be against the retail shop, the manufacturer or someone in the distribution chain of the device itself. So, um, you know, in, in some cases it may be uh, a case that's purely against the retail seller or it may be a, a combination of the retail seller and the manufacturer. So l- let me talk about maybe a specific case that will kind of walk us through this issue. Uh, why don't you share with us a real-life story of uh, one of your clients and, and, and the case and, and talk to us about if you've gotten that far in, in, into how you presented the case and what some of the uh, the defendants have raised as objections to how you're pursuing it, uh, on some of the defenses, et cetera. Give us a give us an overview of a, of a particular case. Sure, I'll start by saying that this area of litigation is is relatively new. Uh, we have not yet had any cases go to trial. Uh, but with a for an example that that we're working on currently, we have an individual that had a device explode in his face. It caused uh, him to have a broken vertebrae, uh, lost four teeth, uh, severe burns on his face and neck. And in that case, he he purchased a you know a lithium ion battery from a retail shop. He purchased a vaporizer. Um, the the store. Uh, recommended that he use these two devices in combination. Uh, the device itself uh, came with no warnings, and you know, after a short period of time, uh, the device exploded without any type of warning. Hmm. Wow! So, I would imagine that, uh, and I've seen you. We've all been in convenience stores where where people are. I've I've seen people buy these devices, and uh, you, you'd have to say the expertise of the people selling them may, may not be that great. So. Uh, what are they relying on? Manufacturers' uh, warnings that su- are supposed to be on the packaging. W- w- what's what's helping these these folks understand the dangers potentially that they're facing? 
Well, I think the problem is they're not. Uh, in, in most cases that I've seen, uh, they've they've been not told that uh, these devices can explode uh, due to improper handling or or just in general from uh, overcharging or undercharging. Hmm. So you're, I, I assume you're going to foresee uh, quite a few of these cases coming down the down the lane. It uh, it sounds like uh, is it, and I guess let me ask you the question: Is there is there something being done by the industry to help prevent these incidences? I, I'm sure they're concerned about them in the industry. Uh, what are you seeing from that standpoint? Uh, are they trying to self-correct the problem? I think you you've seen instances where some manufacturers are taking the appropriate steps by including uh, safety devices on the, the products themselves, uh, proper warnings. But I think in large part, the industry itself has, has failed to uh, take the steps that they should with these devices. And just recently, uh, the FDA has stepped in, providing some administrative rules that, that will hopefully cut down on how some of these devices are manufactured and sold. Well, that should help. And, and am I correct in assuming that a lot of these uh, devices are manufactured overseas and brought into the country, or are they, or are they domestically uh, manufactured? Uh, in the large part, they're manufactured overseas. You have to remember that this is an industry that began in China. So obviously, you've got a lot of manufacturers that, that began in China. Uh, the industry is, is catching up in the U.S., but I'd say the, the large part is, is dominated by the Chinese manufactured products. And, and does any of that uh, trade scenario, does any of that fact that the, the manu- they're manufactured there, brought in here, does that complicate your, uh, your litigation style, uh, trying, to, trying to solve these problems for your clients? Sure. If it's a defective device that was manufactured overseas, obviously you've got uh, some difficulties in bringing uh, that, that manufacturer into a U.S. court. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, we've not yet done that in any of the cases that we're working on. Um, uh, so we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. Okay. And I understand you're studying Chinese as we speak. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> well, well. As we close today, what advice would you uh, have, or do you have, really, for for those who are you know using those devices, or or may even be impacted by a device that's caused a problem? Get, get, give me give me your sense of uh, what you what you're telling uh, folks out there about it. Well, uh, first, I'd say do your homework on these devices. Obviously, you want to buy a device that's safe. Um, so there are steps that the, the consumer can take to protect themselves. But if you're in the a situation where a device does explode and you're injured, I think you really need to, to be in touch with an attorney that can advise you on what steps you need to take to protect yourself. Well, in that, in that light, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, Will, how would they, how would they go about doing that? Um, easy enough. I can be reached at 1-800-898-2034. Okay, and I'm sure uh, you can also go, they can also go to the uh, Beasley Allen website and, uh, and reach you in that fashion as well. What, what is that website, Will? It's uh, BeasleyAllen.com. That's easy enough. All right, and uh, I want to tell all of our listeners that if they want to reach any Ringler Associate, they can go on RinglerAssociates.com and find any of us around the country. And uh, if you want to listen to any Ringler radio show, you can find all the radio shows on RinglerAssociates.com. And you can go to uh, ringlerradio.com or legaltalknetwork.com or download from your uh, from iTunes and listen on your uh, iPod uh, or iPhone at your leisure. 
And you can also, of course, listen to Will Sutton and our conversation today about e-cigarettes. So with that, Will, I want to say thanks again for joining us today. I think it's uh, informative, and uh, I think it's, uh, it's a public service we've just done for a lot of people out there that may not be aware of some of, these, uh, some of these risks. So thanks a lot for being our guest. And all the rest of you out there, go out and have a great day. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network. Its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. Celebrating more than a decade of podcasting and over 2 million listeners. Think of Ringler, the objective settlement advisors with more than 140 consultants in 60 cities nationwide. Visit ringlerassociates.com today.